You notice how usually we pour? We're not pouring this. Straight from the can. That's right. <laughs> when you're done, you gotta fucking crush it. Uh, dinner, wait, we, I think we should all crush at the same time. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Can we I drink mean, we it can first? Crush individually, but... Can we drink it first, eh? Jeez. Yeah, we're gonna drink it first. Yeah. yeah. Let's drink beers. But you have to crush them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell and adieu to you Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 46 of Beers in the Lot. Some of you might remember an early episode when we got onto a really big Jaws tangent and conspiracy theory. Well, with the 4th of July coming up, we all decided to sit down, watch Jaws together, and record our reactions and our thoughts. It was a blast to record and watch one of our favorite all-time movies. And, of course, we got into a little bit of hockey, too. All right, let's get ready to crush it like Quint. A chorus of cans tonight. Crisp. Daniel, what you drinking tonight? I have a uh, lovely Narragansett lager. Uh, 1975 nice. limited edition can. Oh, the limited edition even. Nice. Uh, wh- what do you have, Riggs? Well, as luck should have it, <laughs> <laughs> I have I have the same beer <laughs> of a lovely Narragansett lager in the limited edition can from 1975. Would you look at that? Would you look at Would that? Would you look, look at that? Look! Look at us. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Thought. Hey. <laughs> what about you, John? I also uh, have the beer can from the famous movie about the big-ass shark. So, I3 also. What about you, Air? Are, are we talking about Deep Blue Sea? <laughs> was that that was alba and paul walker right jessica alba paul walker uh no I, that's I a different know. movie oh deep blue sea deep, deep blue, blue sea is one of the few movies that i walked out on <laughs> i am drinking a brew straight from rochester new york by the narragansett brewing company <laughs> a Narragansett <laughs> lager in the 1975 limited edition can, the same one that Quint crushed on the Orca That's in the right. movie Jaws. Crush it like Quint. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going back to our roots. We got bored one episode, talked about Jaws. We're a little bored with the Stanley Cup finals. So we're going to talk about Jaws. <laughs> well, also, well, I mean, it's July 4th week. The holidays coming up. The beaches will be open. The beaches <laughs> in the will words, be open. In the words of a great politician and municipal <laughs> manager, Mayor Larry Vaughn, who is also a very snazzy dresser, might I say, with his, his anchor uh, oh, yes. laden uh light blue suit jacket which i cannot find anywhere but i would <laughs> love to have for certain occasions well you do yeah. have the Am- the welcome to amity sh- t-shirt on tonight so that's that definitely got to catch that yeah. on twitter 
This is a civic message. Amity Island <laughs> welcomes you. Someone defaced the billboard welcoming people to Amity Island. Brody needs to find those those kids and hang them up by their Buster Browns. Yeah. Well, well, Mr. Mr. Vaughn also had that really snazzy. You were talking about the blazer when he had like the uh, like the anchors on it. Another 70s fashion trend he had was the pink shirt, black tie, but he had this striped blazer that had no business being worn without outfit, like very 70s, <laughs> as he was given the press conference. Like it was this striped one. It was like beige and blue and something else. I can't remember, but yeah, he was a snazzy dresser. Meanwhile, he was pounding Marlboros probably left and right. Dude, all the issues they were having in the hospital. In the hospital, he was smoking in the yeah. hospital. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about hockey at some point. We we yeah. will talk about. There's some yeah. there's some yeah. low points in the movie. One or two. So we'll talk about some hockey. But there's going to be a lot of jaws this episode. It's going to be a fun edit. Yeah. <laughs> all jaws. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to turn the movie on and mute. And then if whatever, we're not, we don't have to watch it, watch it. I'm just going to watch it. It's there. So <laughs> we can talk while it's doing its thing. The opening couple of, couple of minutes is just misguided youth just smoking on the beachhead, littering. <laughs> that shark was trying to clean up the island. That's what they were trying to do. That's how a lot of the horror films went back then. Oh yeah, yeah. It was all yeah, about misguided. like young kids and what. Yeah, yep. yeah. You could, man. Some of those the horror damn, films you could have. Those damn teenagers. Man, I'm sorry. <laughs> you kids could, and their music. Some of, those, some of the kids in horror films, you They're could strangle. Complicated them. shoes. You could strangle them with a cordless <laughs> phone. Those kids are so absent-minded. Like, oh my god, three of my friends are missing. Hey, I'm gonna go in this dark room. No one will be in here. Uh... <laughs> Oh, that's not an injury. That's not even as much blood as, as whoever it was. The one Hab had coming down Gall- his head. After Gallagher, the Gallagher, Gallagher, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> Gallagher smashed his head on the ice. Dude, I'm funny. sorry. Did it Did it kind of look that Tampa like made it a point like, oh, you guys really like pushing everybody else around. Well, we're going to do it to you guys first. They, they went. I yeah. mean, they went. Yeah, they went right after them. And yep. I, I don't like the fact they kind of did it because we like Cole Caulfield and Suzuki and the kids that are like playing really good hockey, they made a point to like make their lives completely miserable. And Brendan Gallagher, who's like, he's kind of the emotional leader on that team. They were like, you're going to suffer. Like you haven't had much issue. You kind of did a lot of the aggression. They were like, we're going after you, buddy. It's a good game plan, honestly. Yeah. I like it. Got to hand it to him. Because what what is Montreal going to do against Tampa? They're going to have to try and play that type of game. So Tampa's like, no, we're going to play that same game, and we're going to put up four goals on you. We're going to own right. the puck the whole time. Like you're you don't have a chance. So I I also like I think I think it's great. Like I like too. <laughs> like with when they got that power play with like a minute left, they put Stamkos and everybody on the ice. Like they're like, go ahead. Do whatever you want. We're going to score as many goals as we humanly can. Like, I like the fact John Cooper's not, oh, it's a minute <laughs> left. We're already up by a bunch. We'll put a few guys. He's like, no, you guys are going to take penalties. Well, we're, we're putting our guys out. That third, that, that third period, though, Montreal kind of uh, turned the tide at 
uh, five on five, they were kind of taking over a little bit at five on five. So yeah, it was, it was important for Tampa to prove that, yep, we could score on our power play opportunities, but it was also important for them to prove that like, even if this was a closer game and you guys were dominating a period, like we're gonna, we're gonna find a way to score on you and beat you. Yeah, so, that was that was a big deal at that point in the game. I wonder how much Brody paid for those, uh, you know that that lumber and wood he has the right there. Brushes. Yeah, I wonder how much he paid for it. <laughs> oh yeah, all <laughs> the stakes for his signs. Yeah, yeah. Don it looks like a better deal. They're coming down. Yeah, it looks like white pine. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he paid a mint back then. Not as much as now, but <laughs> paid a mint. They're gouging me. Oh, here he is. <laughs> Look at that jacket. Whoa. <laughs> Could you imagine going to Asiago's with that? <laughs> Little detail there. Vaughn's Realty. He's not just the mayor, like, full-time. He also has a real Yeah, he has a, he has a he vested has, interest like a real, yeah. in the economic prosperity of the island. Absolutely. Not just because he's mayor, but also because he has all these rental properties he's, that he's got to fill. <laughs> yeah. So he's a slumlord. This is what's really going closed, on, man. And how yeah. is he going right. to fill? He's a right. slumlord. <laughs> he's a slumlord. They could swim anywhere. They could swim anywhere. That's right. Yeah. See? Need those summer dollars. That's right. <laughs> Be glad to swim at the beaches, Cape Cod, Hamptons, Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He came in with a squad too. Yeah, it's all the rich yeah, guys. Good. Yeah. Yeah, you got the doc, who's probably one of the richest guys on the island, low key. And then you got the guy who run, who's like the newspaper guy there and the the all blue, the baby blue suit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a leisure suit. That thing, that thing is like. That looks like a corduroy suit. Yeah. That looks like a corduroy leisure suit. That thing. Oh, man. Can you imagine how hot that thing must be? Like, oh, the jacket's corduroy too. Seriously, oh, it's dude, the anchor jacket it's, looks kind of New England. It's not bad. Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, <laughs> fine. I'm fine with it's it. I think it's styling on the, on the water. It's styling, man. Right. I'm all about it. It wouldn't be hot. Wouldn't be hot. Yeah, probably not. So, Aaron, Aaron, this seat coming up now has a lot of yellow in it, and the Lots colors. Yellow in us. And there's other That's colors right. in this scene that are important too, like the kids' uh, shorts are red. Yeah, and and so you you brought up something about the color yellow, and then I want to I think I want to expand on that. So do you want to explain right. the color yellow? Yeah. So there's a theory that the color yellow in some way represents the presence of the shark, because Alex Kentner here takes his raft out, and his raft is yellow, and Alex Kentner's mom is wearing a yellow hat. And now this kid is throwing the stick for his dog, Pippet, and he's wearing a yellow <laughs> shirt. And the pip the dog disappeared, which is really funny here too, because apparently when they were shooting the scene, they had to do the scene where the kid's like yelling, Pippet, Pippet, and the dog is like not supposed to respond. When they were shooting it, they had a real problem with the dog barking off camera and interfering with the audio <laughs> recording. Because that kid is the dog's <laughs> owner. The dog, so <laughs> He was responding to his owner saying, you know, come here. <laughs> but yeah, the yellow, it seems to indicate the presence of the shark. 
So, there's, so there's a, part of the other attacks, there's yellow involved too. So, so when when you mentioned that, I was thinking about like yellow, like bright color, right? And then I was thinking about uh, Quint's USS Indianapolis speech later when he talks right. about the life vests. And in World War II, typically the life vests were either bright yellow or bright orange. Hmm. And uh, there was, a, there was a, a phrase that they used about that color yellow. It was yum, yum, yellow. And it, <laughs> it was tied to the fact that there was a thought that that color actually attracted uh, prey animals like sharks. Oh man! Do people in the water when they were wearing those yellow life jackets? So now, I think that is that is perfect. That fits in perfectly because there's another scene later in the movie where Brody's like looking in books and stuff like that about sharks. And there's one scene in particular where they're they're obviously trying to get the audience like kind of scared or whatever, and they show a photo in the book of. Uh, a, a shark attack victim who has like a chunk bitten out of his leg and they're holding the leg up or whatever. My dad actually was an underwater, like he did lots of diving and all that stuff. He has lots of books. So one of the books he has is that exact book. And there is <laughs> lots and lots of stuff. It's all, it's about all about sharks. So I guarantee you that this production team did a bunch of research on sharks at the time. I mean, it was the seventies, so they didn't have as the same kind of resources as today, but they probably read those books. They probably read the same sort of info that you just said about yellow attracting predators. So I bet, I bet you that ties in. I bet you you're right. Yeah. I, I, when you said that, I was like, there's something to that color. It's not, it's not just a artistic choice. There's gotta be like some other right. thing to that. And then, I was just like, oh yeah, and World War II, right? And USS Indianapolis and the whole thing with Quint, he talks about the life jackets. What about the life jackets? And like, I- Right, so, he specifically mentions the life jackets. Like, you're right, there's no way that that's yeah, just- He actually you know, says, I'll never, I'll never put one on. He says, right. I'll, never, <laughs> I'll never put on a life preserver. Like in so, the same sentence as he's talking about guys getting bitten by sharks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the best parts in the movie is about to come up when Quint comes into the <laughs> town. Oh, yeah, room. with the fingernails on the truck. Yeah. How many other yeah. town hall so meetings good. do you think he's ever shown up to? Like, <laughs> zero? <laughs> like, I bet it's none. Uh, <laughs> I'd be curious how he even found out. Well, I mean... Mrs. Kentner put out a bounty of $3,000 shark. I mean... Yeah, but he wants, <laughs> he wants 10 though. No, he yeah, spent... No, no. He says, I'll find the shark for three. I'll That's kill right. him for Catch ten. Him That's kill right. him. Catch him. Catch him. Catch him and kill him for that, You get the head, the tail, yeah. old damn, damn thing. thing. <laughs> 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 Too many captains on this island. It's almost like he's, he's kind of perturbed by all the competition he has. Mm. Hmm. Well, you know how that Some other theory, We might have too. talked about that before. You know the well. You know the other the other theory we mentioned. Like you kind of see it with Quint to start when he mentions point blank, "I'm going alone." Like he almost has a date with destiny. He wants to die at sea, and the fact that it's a shark, it's almost like he's putting himself to intentionally go out with a shark. Where some he he mentions his best friend in the speech, the Indianapolis. You know he he unfortunately passed. So. 
maybe that's his goal all along. He's yeah, just it's a, it's, it's, right. He has a huge grudge. And but he also possibly some survivor's guilt. Yeah. Which is definitely yeah, a thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Eleven 1, hundred men go into the water and only three hundred come out. And they're like, why why was he in that eight hundred men? And why wasn't he in that eight hundred? Like right. that's a thing. Oh, I love I love this scene coming up. Oh, yeah. He's just throwing the dynamite in the water. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they're like almost running into each other. Oh, so the great. It's like bombing the ocean. He's like, I'm just going to throw dynamite in the ocean. I hope I hit a shark. What the hell? Uh, here's where this is, there's some yeah. debate. Yeah. <laughs> because. It's not entirely clear what has happened here, if you ask me. And there is a barrel. Barrel There is a yellow barrel right there, which is kind of odd, because I didn't see any barrels on Ben Gardner's boat when he was out with the dynamiters who were bombing the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Where did that barrel come from? And it's, it's not really a secret at this point. They're about to find Ben Gardner's body, but... They find his body. Why don't they not find find his body? Or just parts. Pieces, yeah. Or why don't they find parts? I mean, we don't really see more than his head, but it's just kind of odd that this shark apparently attacked this boat and didn't get anything to eat out of it, it seems like. Because if his head is still inside, then you have to assume that most of him is still still inside as well. So yeah. why would the shark attack his boat and not get anything to eat out of it and then give up? It's because, just kind of odd. Because Quint because, killed him. Yeah. Quint, <laughs> because, you know, Ben Gardner's one of the prominent boat captains on this island. And, you know, Quint when, said there's too many captains. When they bring in the tiger shark <laughs> and Brody sees it and he asks, did Ben Gardner catch this? Right. Because apparently he's like the fisherman. He's one of the prominent captains. Right. He's the fisherman, right, on Amity Island. So you have to think that, you know, if they were about to contract out killing the shark, that Ben Gardner would have been one of the the top names on the list for consideration. Right. If I was another captain, I'd want to, I don't know, maybe find a way to increase my chances of getting the deal. He bumped them off. Just a little little idea. But. I will say, Hooper is carrying a yellow flashlight right now. So, there's that. But, but we don't see the shark. Also, you don't hear it either. The music. Yeah. You don't hear the music. The yes. shark music is not happening. Not the dun-dun-dun, but some of the shark music's happening. Yep. Only when he grabs the shark Only the tooth. underwater. Yeah, only, yeah, he grabs the tooth. You're right. And then he's trying to look, and then... Oh, ah! Now, that head is clearly attached to a body. <laughs> so, and also, one of his eyes is out. Like... Well, yeah, he's got squid well, or something. Yeah, a little know, fish coming to it. It's because yeah. Quint took it for a souvenir. Yeah, that's Crap. what I'm saying. Quint <laughs> yeah, he's boiling it. He's boiling it. That's what he's doing. I got a taxidermist on the mainland. He could have a heart attack when he's he's like he's running. like Bill Cunning <laughs> takes the eye though. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh now the reappearance of the uh the oh, anchor jacket. That jacket's yeah. so great. 
What a stud. Oh, and then you got this guy getting killed in the pond here. He's got yellow rope on his Yeah, yellow too. line on his oh, little yeah. thing there. Yeah. He was like in a bathtub. <laughs> he was like in a bathtub with two oars. <laughs> he was in a metal a yellow line with two oars. That's the first time you actually see the shark in the film. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah that, is. that is true. That is true. First time you see the shark, he's going after guys in bathtubs. <laughs> oh, there's the mayor walking in with a heater in his mouth already. In the hospital. <laughs> yeah, in the hospital. in the hospital. Excuse me, sir. Could you? I mean, I'm it's the a mayor. Different time. Different yeah, time. It is. Yeah, you could smoke nah, on different flight, time. on flights, in hospitals, anywhere. Yeah, because the old airplanes even had ashtray uh, on the arms. Yeah, on the armrests. Yeah, Dude, I, sure I remember in the old uh, in the old Capitol Center, uh, they had smoking sections. Oh God, that place reeked so it was worth reek uh nassau coliseum still probably has smoking sections that place is shut down thank you tampa we thank you <laughs> can you imagine going to see like the old montreal forum or something like that and people are just smoking everywhere oh <laughs> there's not even smoking sections well, people are just smoking everywhere well, back in- Back in the old days, like the old, old days, uh, like people would like get their hair done and like get, yeah, they get all like suited up and like nice, you know, clothes and the whole thing. And it was like an occasion like going to, go to the opera, those <laughs> games. Yeah. Seriously, man. Like you look at those old films and the old pictures of those, those buildings, like people, that was a night out, man. Like. It was a big deal. Ah, here's Quint's boathouse, yeah. And the funny thing, too, like, we kind of, as we read more digging in to research for this episode, uh, Dreyfus and Shaw did not like each other. So this is like the first scene as he, yeah. you know, he asked about this... his, let me see your hands, Hooper. You got city hands. Like, they, you could tell there's, like, tension already. <laughs> and apparently it was building on set right. from day and, one <laughs> and it was legit like yeah like like robert shaw thought that that uh Dreyfus, rich dreyfus was like he was a rookie and he wasn't that big of a deal as an actor because he he didn't have enough time acting under his belt like they had the same relationship as quint and hooper yeah and, he didn't he didn't have his chops and it's kind of about that. whether or not Shaw did it on purpose. There's there's another school of thought that Shaw might have established that relationship to begin with to make the scenes between Quentin Hooper easier. So because he is a he was a veteran actor. This is one of Shaw's uh Twilight Year films, even. So he won no awards for this. Zip. Yeah, nothing. Insane. Insane. The Academy has been crooked for years. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> when Quint's just in the background, just ranting, just going <laughs> off. <laughs> and Brody and Mrs. Brody are talking wow. to each other. And she's like, he scares me. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. There, you there go. he is. Pound that Gansett, Quint. Quint's got his Gansett. It's like Aaron <laughs> shotgunning in the lot. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So I want Rigsby to tell the story of the, the monologue we're about to watch. What story? About Robert Shaw on this. That sounds right up your alley. He says it, and it's really good, because <laughs> he's probably one of the best dramatic actors of all time but did they do it did they do it in one take or did it take a while oh no no no. this isn't yeah yeah, this isn't one shot this isn't one shot and actually it's not even shots in the same day (laughs) yep right there and and it the the shots are actually really important like where they're at right now where they're all sort of physically separated right? right and then at the end Watch what happens. They're kind of all close together. They're yeah, all like you together. Said, They're the all sitting dramatic shots. Three in a row. Bring them close. Yeah. yeah. And then they actually do physically get close too. But yes, John, like you were saying, these shots did not all occur right after the other. Robert Shaw actually went to Spielberg and said, well, you know, my character is supposed to be drunk in these scenes so how about i put a few away just to you know add the cinematic effect and spielberg kind of begrudgingly agreed because it's it's kind of a a thing that happened with robert shaw and his movies that he kind of just always drank he was kind of always a few sheets to the wind but he got pretty banged up for this particular one so it was okay for some of these early parts of the, the scene where they're like comparing their scars and everything. But then when it came time to do the monologue, he was, he was too far gone. And you can kind of tell if you watch, you can see his eyebrows when his eyebrows are like way up. Like that's, that's drunk Robert Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the middle, in the middle of the scene, uh, it cuts to like a reaction from Brody or a reaction from uh, from Hooper, and then it goes back to uh, to Quint, and Quint is he's got his eyebrows real low, like Robert Shaw's look, like all all throughout, like like the sting or whatever, when he just had that co- that constant look with his eyebrows, kind of furrowed brow sort of thing, and then it's almost like he realizes, like, oh yeah, I have to look drunk, so then he like raises his eyebrows in the middle of the scene, <laughs> but yeah, he was drunk; they couldn't use it when they did the shots of him drunk. So he had to come back the next day and reshoot it. And when they did, he did it in one take and he knocked it out of the park, killed it. So they used that take. (laughs) And this was actually like one of the first kind of like publicized, if I, if I'm right, like one of the publicized kind of speakings of the Indianapolis, like as he goes into it. Before then, it was Correct. kind of it wasn't really talked about, unfortunately, from World War II. Right. I mean, there was a lot of stories from that era and time, you know, so it, it makes sense. And, and in fact, the monologue itself, it started as like a 20 page thing that somebody wrote about the Indianapolis after doing some research on it and everything. And then they gave it to somebody else who was like a playwright and they boiled it down a little bit to eight pages. And then Robert Shaw actually took it and he boiled it down to like five pages and turned into what it is now. So it's kind of like two different versions getting boiled down, but 
Yeah. And, and it was one of the first times they actually talked about it. They just decided that, you know, it, lots of sharks involved. So let's, let's lend some, uh, lend, lend everybody's ear to this, this really incredible story of, of sailors that were accomplishing you know, and obviously an incredibly important mission for the war effort, but, uh, paid, paid a big price for it. It's amazing how the scene just shifts. It's this occasion where they're all together. It kind of looks like yeah. they're bonding to some extent. And then, well, they are this, yeah. the whole thing, this, this whole oh, thing it's bond. Yeah. So think about mm-hmm. this too. This is, this is basically 30 minutes till the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. Right. They've had all this action up to the, this point and now they stop and it's nighttime. They've eaten dinner. They're having drinks on the boat and they're having this moment now where it's just the three of them in the cabin and he's telling the story and uh quint and hooper have already bonded because they've bonded over their scars that they received at sea now brody asked him about the most important scar and now he's telling the story of it and that's bringing brody in and watch what happens at the end of the scene where where they all end up physically and if you notice too kind of Quint and Hooper in the light and Brody is far off in the darkness, almost like he has a secret because he earlier in the sequence, he kind of lifts up his shirt to show kind of a kind of gnarly scar to his midsection torso area. And he never reveals how or why that happened. He doesn't talk about it. Well, there's also kind of like this whole, you know, Quint and Hooper showing their scars and everything Brody kind of doesn't really have any except for that one that like you said he doesn't really get a chance to talk about but it's kind of like emasculated on my and so it's like these these two tough sea guys and and then like you said Quint brings Brody in by explaining it they're driving home the point that Brody has no experience in this at all he has no background in in being on the water being on boats going out fishing any of that stuff he's out of his element these two can bond over that, and they already have. So what's happening now is Brody has asked about the most important scar that Quint has, and he's telling the story of why that scar exists. Hooper already understands it. As soon as he starts talking, Brody didn't, right? Yeah, like you could see that. Like as soon as Quint said Indianapolis, Hooper is like, Oh, and he like now, stopped laughing. Yeah. Now, yeah. now Brody gets it, and Quint's actually going to draw him in. Yeah, and then Hooper starts singing a song that all three of them know because exactly. And now they all end up sitting. They all end up sitting together at the table. That's very right. important at this point because now they're so, all like together. They're, they're yeah. Actually, the evolution of Brody's character on the boat is like super fast because. When yeah. he starts out on the boat, he knocks over the tanks and Hooper yells at him. And then Quint's like, look, man, you don't know what you're doing. Just, you know, do whatever I say, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. But at and this then- point, he's he's completely drawn in now. And as all this stuff starts to happen, he's going to start taking more of an active role. Here's where they start talking about the shark cage. Now, I really want to talk about the shark cage scene because... There's some incredibly interesting trivia based on this scene that I'm not sure everybody realizes. 
because this is some of the only time when they actually use real live action footage of sharks in the movie. They actually did have a filming unit in Australia uh, on the Great Barrier Reef, which is basically the place that you go to see great white sharks in the southern tip of Africa, I think. Yeah, Cape Town. South Africa. Yeah, yeah South Cape Africa Town. and, mm-hmm. and, and Australia. Reef, that's like the places to go. So they also have some scenes where there's a live real shark interacting with a shark cage. Now, this this is a Bruce scene here. If you can see the whole shark, it's a real shark. If you can't see the whole, you only see a part of it, then that's Bruce. But uh, well, also, if the if the tail is actually moving, which is propelling the oh, shark, yeah, that is a, a real shark. shark. If it's if the tail is just dragging behind, then it's <laughs> fake. Yeah. <laughs> or dead. But whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Most obvious jump scare ever there. And then. Oh no, Hooper loses his jab stick thing. Oh no, he lost his thingy. Now, here's this scene here. You can see the cage in the background. It looks like that shark is massive compared to the cage. It's because the cage is small. They actually have a small, like, miniature version of the shark cage. And they hired a local Australian dwarf to get into the cage. Oh, no. That's awesome. <laughs> they absolutely uh-huh. did. And he was not even a scuba diver. Like, he never had been scuba diving <laughs> at all. And they did actually have a problem where a live shark got caught on top of the cage. Luckily, it was after the uh, the actor had already gotten out. The extra, I should say, <laughs> oh had already gotten gosh. out. But they absolutely had a dwarf in a small shark cage in the water with real sharks. And the story goes that he was absolutely petrified. And he he ended up getting out. And then the real shark got caught on the top of the cage like you see in the movie. And that they just they used whatever footage they could. Yeah, weird. (laughs) Weird. The poor guy got scared. Yeah, Man, imagine Steven that. Spielberg's a bad guy. <laughs> Real shark <laughs> on top of their mini cage. <laughs> I actually heard a rumor or I saw something on social media that someone is trying to remake the original Jaws. Uh, oh, no. They better not. I do know that Spielberg said, nope, not going to do it. Spielberg's out for a remake. So if they remake it, then it is completely off the reservation. That would be that'd be terrible. Huge mistake, and a that would be trash remake. Like it really would. It'd be bad. That should not happen. So anyway, they beat the shark. Great movie. (laughs) Who? First of all, who wants to remake it? Like who in the right mind is out there is like, I could do a better job. Somebody with that who movie. wants money, like that's what it is. So the problem like, is that's the it, only it, motivation. The problem is like think about all right, think about the original Jaws, which we just watched, and think about all of the, you know, the cinematography and the acting and all the subtle artistic things that are in it that Spielberg did and all that stuff. Then think about movies that come out today, right? 
And if somebody was going to make a killer shark movie today, it would just be a special effects jerk off movie. Right. Right. Yeah. It'd be garbage. So like, yeah, it would who would suck. you even cast? Like, is there anybody that you can think of that would cast for any of the three characters? I don't, would be I Quint. can't think of anybody. Yeah, who would, who be, would Quint? be Quint? Who would be no Brody? One. Nobody We're, could be any of those characters. I don't think, <laughs> you know what they would do. They'd get like, Vin Diesel to be broken. Yeah. <laughs> right. Gosh. It'd be like Harrison Ford as Quint or something as like Quint, that. Like, I know. It'd be bad. Oh. It'd be really, really I mean, Harrison, like, you know Ford, Harrison Ford's a good actor, but like, he's a great actor. Star, like, you know who's right. not? Quint? Maybe not Hold that you know, who, yeah. you know who could play Quint? I'm serious. If you got DiCaprio or Daniel Day Lewis, like those guys that are so committed to method acting. Possibly. They could figure it out. Maybe. How about what if what if Daniel Day Lewis played all of the main characters? <laughs> <laughs> they just never showed them all in one that shot. Work. They just cut back. <laughs> no. Past. You know what they should do? They should cast if they redid it. They should cast Dreyfus as Quint. <laughs> all right. Ooh. Okay. I'm with you now. I hate he you, Aaron. Probably... I was going to say that. Oh, you're going to say that? I was oh, going to say it like at the beginning we were talking about. I'm like, yeah, I'm not actually, you know, that. I'll be all right. I thought that was funny because it. of the you could probably yeah. the relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great. You could be the other side of it. Yeah. All right, Rigsby, a better one. Who would you cast as the mayor? Oh, Vince Vaughn. Vince wow. Vaughn would Vince be like Vaughn. Vince, Vaughn would be Vaughn be, Vince Vaughn to be Larry be Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm thinking of like, imagine his personality earlier in the movie when like, hey, everything's good, we're vibing, we're doing this, and then yeah, in the yeah. in the hospital, yeah, he's yeah. like, <laughs> like, it's like yeah. he's like catatonic and like exactly. chain smoking in the exactly. hospital. Exactly. That's Although what I'm saying. That, they could. They couldn't do that today. They couldn't have the mayor smoking in the hospital today. What about right? vaping? Could he vape? Like, could he vape in the hospital? Yeah. Oh my god. He could jewel. He'd have his jewel. Oh no. They gotta send out a tweet to shut down the yeah, beach. I know. Uh, <laughs> they put a, they put the a... official social media account of Amity. Oh. The beach is open for the fourth. Oh, <laughs> They put a do a TikTok. Some idiots dancing on the beach. Oh my gosh. So so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks for letting us nerd out a little bit on our favorite movie Jaws. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and recommend us to a friend. And if you want to find out more information about us or even contact us you can head over to beersinthelot.com. To our friends north of the border, happy Canada Day. And to our American friends, happy 4th of July. We'll see you next week.